0: This is Live Art. I'm David McDonald. On this episode, I'm really proud to share a conversation Boris and Marla had with artist and politician Patty Sheehan. Patty has served Orlando as city commissioner since 2000. She's also an accomplished painter, presenting her work throughout the area. She talked to Marla and Boris about getting into politics, her role as an openly gay public figure, and her response as both an artist and a politician to the 2016 Pulse shooting. This conversation was recorded in June 2017. And stay tuned after the interview for some important information about this very podcast.
1: Marla and I want to welcome you to Live Art. Um, Okay. to start with, you know, you've always been kind of a hero of mine and Marla's uh, because in the year 2000, you were Central Florida's first openly gay candidate when you ran for Orlando City Commissioner and you won and you still hold that position. In many ways, you opened the doors for all the LGBTQIA candidates that followed you this must be one of your proudest achievements.
2: Well, um, it was not very easy to run as an openly gay person. Of course, when I first did it, I ran the first time in 1996 and lost by and not by a very slim margin. I think it was 75 votes. And then I came back and ran against the incumbent in 2000 and, and beat him pretty substantially. So, um, you know, I, I think that it was important to be honest about who I was and it was mainly made a big deal of when I ran the first time. Um, and by the second time people were like, well, gee, she's been around here for four years. She's gotten to really know the issues and she's openly gay and she's honest and it shouldn't be an issue. So I think by just being who I was and saying, you know, it's okay to be who I am. I think it, 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 it made it okay for other people. I think you have to be kind of comfortable in your own skin and comfortable with yourself and, especially in the political arena, because I think at that time, when I ran in 1996, half of the candidates that were actually running were gay, but most of what the others were in the closet.
3: That leads me to my question. Have you found that breaking down barriers is getting easier, both as a politician and as an openly gay person?
2: Well, I would have said that it's getting easier. But as everyone knows, I'm kind of in a battle with the Orlando Sentinel at the moment. And they've been doing these horrible opinion pieces. One personally attacked me, And another one it it really attacked the community and said that um that the reason why uh, attendance at theme parks and things is down is because we're an open inclusive community which is nonsense that is just not borne out by any statistical information so again we still have to fight these battles over and over again as opposed to there being this building of equality it seems with women's issues. It seems with a lot of issues, we still have to keep going back and renegotiate because we can't build because there's always someone who's um, offended by or or worried about equality, which is ridiculous. You know, if we if we were to treat people with respect and dignity and equality, it makes for a better community, not for a worse community. And I think there's this perception of people fighting over a piece of pie. And my I've always said let's not fight over pieces of pie. Let's make more pie. There's equality. There's opportunity for everyone. We don't have to drag other people down in order to, to, to lift ourselves up. So um, I think we're in a lot of that dragging others down right now. And I think that's reflective in media. I think it's reflective in politics right now. And I think it's a shame because I've always felt that you don't have to be that way. You don't have to step over others to, to bring yourself up. You, you can bring other people with you. And uh, that's always been my philosophy. And, and, you know, I've been called Pollyanna because I try to be very positive in politics. I don't run negative ads. I never had to. I mean, I believe in talking about what you want to offer and, and, and doing that. And if you can't do that, and if you have to drag other people down in the process, I don't think you really have something very much to offer. Right. And, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate that politics can tend to be negative, but I just I just don't work that way.
3: Patty, tell us about your art, not to change the subject, but I just love your, um, especially your Bad Kitty series. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Bad Kitty is my art. You know, I studied art in college and I've been doing art for, you know, my whole life. But the crazy thing is that this cat thing has just exploded. Um, I originally started doing Bad Kitties because I had gone through a rough breakup and my ex took all my pets, including my black cat. And I was just heartbroken because I missed him so much. And the crazy thing was that this was my way of doing therapy and, and, and everything was I painted my cat and it was kind of the way that nobody could take away my paintings, you know? And I showed them to my friend, Mendy Cowles one night. And she said, these are delightful. We're going to do a show. So we did a show. And gosh, I'm trying to remember when that first show was. I think it was in
3: 2012. I think I and, remember that show. And I, I love uh, that whole series.
2: I, I have to tell you, I, I had really, really bad PTSD after the pulse tragedy last year. And I couldn't sleep. And I and I had never had anything that severe before and, and been you know without sleep for that long and all that. And it was almost like there was this buzzing in my chest. And... On my birthday last year, I went over to the Zebra Coalition and I painted a mural with the Zebra Kids. the call my Zebra Kids, and it and we did this long mural. And it was really hot outside because it was about, it was the sixth of July. And the crazy thing was, by the time I finished painting that wall with those kids, my um, my trembling had finally subsided and stopped. And it took that. It was literally that emotional for me and and that that just that physical painting kind of brought me back to where I was prior to the tragedy because I had just finished I had just finished a mural the week before that wow. um in the Mills 50 area I had done a mural over on the um over on uh, uh one of the cleaning dry cleaning places here in Mills so um for me it kind of it was a way of bringing myself back to where I was prior to this happening and there's been so many murals and beautiful tributes and you know, Andrew's mural at, at Mills and Colonial was supposed to be a, a, a rhino. And I said, can you paint the birds? Because for me, it was a very spiritual moment when the birds flew over the vigil at DPAC when we had that vigil. And, there, and a photographer took a picture and there were exactly 49 birds. And I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in all that. And I knew that, and I knew that if, I, if I asked Andrew, he wouldn't think I was crazy because I'm like, can you paint 49 birds? I need you to paint these birds for me.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you kind of took my next question but um my no no one of the things i love reading about you uh, on your facebook is about you and your political opponents becoming friends and treating each other with respect How do you feel about the general loss of civility in today's politics?
2: Well, I think it's awful. And, you know, I mean, I have my issues, too. I mean, I can't believe me. I don't have 100 percent. You're never going to get everybody to like you no matter what. And I've tried and tried and tried with some folks. And you get to a point where you just have to kind of give up. But what I found, I was actually at a um, I was actually at an event yesterday. And it was it was a funeral for some friend, a, a mutual friend. And some of us are very conservative. And my friend that passed away was a very conservative person and i find that if you instead of fighting over the issues if you just find something that you can find that's in common and i started kind of getting this friend of mine about climate change because he he doesn't believe in climate change and i said okay well if you don't believe in climate change can you can you at least agree that if you if you swap your bulbs out for leds you're going to decrease your energy consumption and that will save you money and he goes well yeah i can agree to that and i thought you know what this is the problem we fight so much about the idea of climate change and stuff like that as opposed to trying to find things in common, like, okay, he's a conservative guy. How about if I appeal to him on saving money? So we both get, the, we both get there. He gets to save money, and he can still you know, say climate change isn't real, and I can say I think climate change is real, but he's saving money. I'm saving the planet, and we're both doing the same good. So if you can find a way to communicate that in a positive way, I, I try to find that.
3: Absolutely. Um, I I just want to say this about the Pulse tragedy. Uh, Boris and I work with artists and I'm also an artist. And I have to say that art certainly came to the rescue. Um, Wherever you go in Orlando, you see beautiful, heartbreaking art that reminds us and also consoles us. In particular, as you mentioned, the Andrew Spears, uh, now world famous and iconic mural.
1: I talked to Andrew and I didn't really know the whole story behind the mural, you know, how you contact him. And I think he had a week to create it. And so he told me that this 49 Dove Pulse tribute mural has been seen by hundreds of millions worldwide. And I think you and Andrew have been responsible for creating an iconic symbol that both that reminds people and helps people heal from this tragedy.
2: And what's so neat about that is that he didn't think I was crazy because I wanted him to paint birds. He got it, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't tell him how to do it. He came up with that amazing, iconic P with the birds flying and the rainbow. That was all him. But when you collaborate with other artists, and you're in, and and someone like me who's responsible for You know, and and the way the whole mural program came about was about getting rid of graffiti because we had graffiti that was happening everywhere. We're trying to figure out a way to discourage the graffiti. And, you you know, to be able to be in public life and and a public servant and then find a way to have art be a healing and public service and a way to to get rid of a social ill, which is the graffiti, you know, it it all kind of works together. And it's been a lot of fun. And I've gotten to do some murals. I, I love painting. Um And other muralists have kind of come into their own as a result of this mural program. We legalized art in the city of Orlando, for a while we could only you could only have art for a temporary time, and we now have an ordinance for that. But again, I tell people, if you want to do art, the difference between graffiti and art is permission. <laughs> so all of our walls have permission, you know, and we have a process that we go through. And I fully support art. I don't support graffiti because we've had a lot of problems with that. and and, uh, we actually had, um, Fern Creek Elementary School, $30,000 worth of damage done because profanities are written all over. And I mean, there's a difference between art and graffiti and, uh, and I'm all about supporting artists. If you want to paint, I'll help you paint, but we got to make sure you have permission and you're doing it the right way.
3: Great. Patty, I just have to ask you, how do you see your political career evolving from here? Because personally, I think you would make a great governor. I would vote for you. Uh,
2: well, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I love what I do, and I'm a hands-on girl, and I, I like to knock on doors, and I like local a lot. Um, when you start going higher, it's really hard to keep... The things that make me special, I think, are really hard to translate into higher office. I, I honestly feel that way. And I like being local. I like being able to talk to people. I like to being able to, to, if someone brings me a problem, to be able to solve that problem, even though I wish I could do more about the darn potholes, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, potholes bedevil my existence. But, you know, I mean, I, I just I just guess I figured I, I, I bloom where I'm, planted, I'm where I planted. I love what I do, and I just don't know if, if my skills are good for higher office. I'm going to put it that way.
1: So, Patty, in preparing for this interview, I contacted my former professor, Dr. Paula Buck. She was the former chair of the English department at Florida Southern College in Lakeland, and she has the final question for you now what
2: well in terms of our community in orlando you know i i, I think people got a perception of orlando and they got to see or what are who and who we really are in orlando we're artists we're dreamers we're doers we're this whole community of people we're not just the theme parks that they visit i think that a lot of people didn't realize we have a downtown and we have lakeyola park and we have all these other places and that we are a community and um Even though this was a horrible tragedy, I think that it opened the hearts and minds of a lot of people. There are churches now that accept LGBTQ people that didn't before. Um, It took a horrible, horrible massacre to change people's hearts, but people's hearts really have been changed. Although we still have a lot of work to do. I mean, we still can't get sensible gunshot, you know, violence legislation passed, which is very frustrating to me. I'm a gun owner. I do not believe that anyone needs to have anything more than a handgun to defend themselves. And nobody needs a weapon of war carrying it around the city streets, certainly not at nightclubs, daycares, movie theaters or any of the other places where there have been mass murders. Uh, You know, that's frustrating to me. So we still have a lot of work to do. But I think if we do so in a respectful fashion, we've got to stop this political divide of standing at opposite corners and shouting at each other. And try to find ways to to find common ground. And and so that's where I think we go from here. We figure out ways to use our art, our hearts, our minds, and our interests to find common goals and common good.
3: Patty, I'm going to vote for you for governor if you run. Me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. That's going to do it for the first season of Timoguo Podcast. That's right. That was the news. We'll be taking a break for a little while, but we'll be back before long. And in the meanwhile, I strongly encourage you, if you've not done so yet, go back and listen to some of our past episodes. We've presented interviews with all kinds of artists and musicians since the beginning of the year. I'm really proud of what we've done, and I hope you have as much fun listening as we've had making these episodes of the podcast. I also want to make a quick plug for the Timucua Arts Foundation. If you're listening to this, I'm going to assume that you're interested in art and culture and creativity. So take a moment to visit the calendar at that's timucua.com. That's t i m u c u a.com and pick out an event. Nearly all of our concerts are totally free, donation supported. Just bring a bottle of wine or a snack to share, and along with the wide diversity of musicians, the shows nearly always feature a visual artist creating live and responding to and participating in the performance, all curated by our friend Boris, who you just heard on this show. The full calendar is there at Timucua.com. That's t-i-m-u-c-u-a.com for all the details. The executive producer of Timucua Presents is Chris Belt. The interview was conducted by Boris Garby and Marla E. Smith. It was recorded and edited by me, David McDonald. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you with the show, and we'll be back before you know it.